0: Hello everybody, welcome to the PA Turnpod, joined as always by Joel, I am Rob, how are you this evening? I'm doing well,
1: finished my work week, straight out of work, and into episode 84 of the PA Turnpod,
0: but I'm doing well, how about you? Not bad, Uh, I have one day, a day off, and then one more day after that, for the work week, so, I'm through most of it, today was my long day, so... Mm. We're approaching the finish oh, I have line. Some I news as well, yes. Have some news.
1: Unless we have months. a breaking news, I will be off. How do I do this? I do not have Ooh. a breaking news. Oh wait, no, I do have, have breaking a breaking news soundboard. Not yet. Not yet. It's, I'm still efforting here, but that'll do. That's good enough. I'm off Friday and Saturday, starting December third of this year. So. A weekend finally, like three years in the making. <laughs> what's the what's a, the Colin Kaepernick thing? I've been I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. Jeez, I'm ready. Some shit like
0: that. They wrote you off. Great he, line. You didn't want to write back. <laughs> Gino Smith. That's a great line I, too. A I, cold no, line. Yeah, at some point, I'll have um, Saturday Sunday off. But for the time being, I'm uh, I'm Friday Sunday. Oh well, at least we'll have
1: Friday then. Yeah, we'll always have Friday. Lucy goosey Fridays, especially. We should have like a top five list of uh, cold or like quotable quotes, like the Colin Kaepernick, the Geno Smith one. <laughs> like they wrote me off by I didn't write back. Some sh- sort of yeah. like that. Why not? Or the Raiders from Chris Berman. Yeah, that's another one. So That's a
0: classic one. Uh, Twitter today decided to verify everybody that wanted to be verified. And the, uh, the the fake Adam <laughs> Schefter uh, account tweeted that the Raiders fired yes. uh, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> and then somebody who is a uh, a, a Rollins Chapman uh, parody account tweeted that they re-signed with the Yankees for three years. Somebody else is pretending to be O.J. Simpson and said, I'm glad I did it. There's a lot of fun <laughs> stuff going on on Twitter right now. Somebody uh, pretended to be the president. Twitter is on fire. Yeah, someone said something Crew pretending to be Biden. There's a lot of weird stuff going on.
1: So, that means, so, technically, Donald Trump is back on Twitter.
0: Probably. Someone you, can make a parody. You can bet on what his first tweet back will be. Do you think he'll be back? Yeah, now that Musk owns uh, Twitter.
1: Can you find the odds? Uh, yeah, I'll see if I, is it, I'll see if I can. is it possible? Yeah. Like, can I put money on this? I don't know if you can actually bet on it, but they had uh, odds yesterday. Now, that sounds crazy to say, but does that mean I have a gambling problem? I'm here trying to find out if I can really put money on Donald Trump's first tweet. Let's see where I can find this. If he comes back. This is wild. Uh, this is an actual thing. So that's why your name is Rob, parentheses parody. Yeah,
0: because I'm like a parody it. account,
1: but I'm verified. <laughs> yeah, I can't see you verified. Does that mean I have a dumb phone? Maybe you just can't afford to uh, see me verified. It, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: You're, That's a shot. You're on Walmart on Twitter. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find the odds here. No, I'm on Black Twitter because I it's more because I saw screenshots last night of um of uh, of odds in the um in the election. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This okay. is from where's this from? Oh, sweet baby
1: Jesus. Now is this a fake account? What? Trey Turner is number one trending on my
0: Twitter. Oh, yeah, be, yeah, just be careful.
1: For for context, I don't really open Twitter too much, only for the podcast or if something like breaking news I need to see. So I go on my Twitter, and on the trending number one is Trey Turner. The very first tweet that comes up was five hours ago, from uh, Inside the Phillies at Inside the Phils. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner wants to play in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that came up the other day as well. Um, Please tell me that's true. Yeah, the, Jason Stark said it today. I'm trying to see. Where did I find these yesterday?
1: Yeah, Dude, give me Carlos Rondon, Trey Turner, hmm. and if you can, give me Aaron Judge. Yeah, well, give me the trifecta there. I can promise you, Judge isn't coming here. (laughs) What's the odds on him landing in Philadelphia? Judge, I think they're
0: like ninth in the odds. Oh, that's easy.
1: That's where you want to be. Hmm. Give me Shohei Otani, actually. Yeah, I'm having trouble finding a hitter and a pitcher, and a winning. He'll be on a winning culture. You probably never had a, a real good cheesesteak too, out there in bum ass LA. <laughs> Nevertheless, man, uh, do you want to just get right into it? Yeah, I'm having trouble finding. The Post mortem the for the Phillies. There was
0: a website that I saw yesterday. It was like, what words will be included in um in Trump's first his, uh, first, week. his first week back? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Was like this, minus fifty. <laughs> Let me see if I can look these up. Uh, all right, you go ahead. They should have killed me when f- they had yeah. the chance. Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead. I'll see if I can find this. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, Well,
1: this is the first episode since the Phillies were bowed out in the World Series, Game 6, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, the Phillies dropped their last three games, one of them being, well, no, two of them being at home, one on the road in Houston. Don't know the score, but I know it wasn't a W for us. I believe it was 3 2. 14. I don't know. Or 4 1, something like that. Schwarber, again, another home run. What a king. He can do it. He can try to do it all, but can't do it by himself. Nick Cassiano's Absolute shite. Um. Oh, I found it. I I think it's Odd Shark. Go ahead. Odd Shark. Sure we we'll pause on this. What's the first tweet? Uh
0: let's see if I can find. Uh, here we go. Riveting stuff here on the page. Yeah, this pod. is great. Right, you go ahead. I'll see if I can find this.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll resume. Um, so in the first segment, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the Phillies post-mortem. Quickly talk about the World Series. Probably not even just breeze right by it. But we're into free agency mode, off-season for the Phillies. Gene Segura is on the outside looking in. While Nola is on the inside now. He got picked up. His option got picked up. Um, and other, other notable free agents like Johan Camargo, Zach Eflin, Rob's boy right there. Thor is on the uh, free agent list. Kyle Gibson, Corin Knievel, David Robertson, Chris Davinsky, and Brad Hand. And I like how you noted here, Adubel Herrera, uh, Jerry Familia, and Didi. All three of their contracts have officially have expired, so that's good news for the Phillies as they get into this tremendous free agency, Rob. We have a lot of notable names, plenty to choose from. Oh, my goodness. The only one that I really want is Trey Turner. And if Shohei Ohtani can somehow get in Philadelphia, I'll take that See, as well. See, the
0: thing with Ohtani... So, uh, here we go. Trump is minus 120 to win the, uh, the election. Um... I can't find the tweet thing. Maybe they took it down. Um, Most likely. Yeah. So the, the thing with Trey Turner is mm-hmm. I, I, I worry a little bit about how he's going to age. Um, he's already in his late 20s. He is oh. around the same age. As Car- 29? I think he's 29. He's around the same age as Carlos Correa. And I think I'd rather have um, Carlos Correa. Turner is a speedster. He does have a little bit of power. He was born in ninety three, so he's about to be thirty. Um, Carlos Correa, I believe, is twenty nine. Uh, Carlos Correa is an established player. Is twenty? He's going to be twenty nine. Sure. He's a year younger. Um, Turner does have a little bit of positional flexibility. He can move around, you know, second base, uh, shortstop, and center field. Correa, though, I think will age fine because he can probably play third as he gets older. The the thing with Turner is he has a similar OPS to Correa lifetime, but a lot of that is because of the fact that he can leg out doubles and triples. And he does have some power and he played in that Dodgers lineup. But I think Correa with his power and his defense, which his defense grades out better than Turner's. I think he is a better long-term fit and even short-term. If you're you're looking to win a title right now, the biggest question mark in the world series was who is going to protect uh, Bryce Harbor and Turner's not a five-hitter or a four-hitter. You can put Correa right behind Bryce Harper in the lineup. Yeah, exactly. I would have him around seven until he shows that he can hit. And then you can get creative with it. You can bet second, you can bet fifth, bet wherever you want him. In, in, in a perfect world, we'll get to this in a little bit when we talk about who we want to stay and who we want to go. My lineup for next year on opening day would be Kyle Schwarber leading off and left. Now this is, uh, keep in mind, Harper might not be ready for opening day, but let's just assume he is. I would go Kyle Schwarber leading off in the left field. My two hitter would be JT Romuto, the catcher. I would hit Harper third. He can either play right field or DH. My four hitter would be Carlos Correa. He's my shortstop. Hitting fifth is Anthony Rizzo at first base. My six hitter is uh, Alec Boehm over third. My seven hitter is Castellanos, either DHing or in right, and then uh, eight or nine will be a combination of Stott and Marsh. That's what I would end up doing. Um, but again, who knows? We'll see if the uh, if the Phillies become big players in free agency or if they uh, if they wind up not going after one of the two shortstops. Um, I think they're going to be aggressive. Whether or not they can get any of these guys, we'll see. Uh, there's four big shortstops in free agency worth looking into. But um, we'll we'll get to that as we move forward. Um, first of all, first question I want to ask is, how do you feel about the Philly season as a whole? Uh, we can do letter grades on a future episode, but because of the fact that we're so close to free agency, we kind of have to cover it a little bit this week. Um, I guess, how do you feel as se- about the season as a whole? Because it was very much a roller coaster.
1: That's the best way to put it, honestly, roller coaster of emotions um I guess good. I mean, it's not great because how we started, yeah ran it it even has it a finished. tough schedule ahead, and Girardi I, I don't know I, I feel it's incomplete, even though we went to the World Series, which is great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just they left so much meat on the bone.
1: Yeah, it just feels like incomplete. Like, I feel like after the World Series just was done, it's just like I have a hole in my heart.
0: It's like, weird. Uh-huh. I was, um so I still remember opening day. Mm-hmm. We obviously covered a lot leading into the opening week. Opening day, I remember being in the car driving to New York. And mm-hmm. I was listening on Odyssey to uh Fransky in L.A. And I got the notification that Schwarber hit the home run before I even heard it on the app because I'm, you're a little bit delayed on Odyssey. He hits the yeah. home run. Then the next day, Castellanos hits a home run. Segura and Hoskins go back to back. And then I'm like, this is this is neat. These guys are good. Yeah. Then they're hitting bombs all over the place. And then they blow the game against the Mets. We were at that. Castellanos gets hit on the wrist. He's out for a couple of days. They wind up moving on from Girardi. Uh, we recorded not too long after Girardi was fired. I actually attended the game that day, when uh, I think Schwarber Angels. and Hooper both homered, beat the Angels. Um, Zach Eflin became the first pitcher to ever strike out Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani on six consecutive pitches. He went eight, <laughs> I think, like scoreless innings that day. Um, fun fact: the uh, the final out of that game was Brandon Marsh for the Angels. Oh shit! I have a, <laughs> I have a video on my phone of Knable striking him out. Um, so I mean, that was kind of like the peak. Or that was like the valley, actually. When they when they dumped Girardi at twenty two and twenty nine, they you know they get that bump. They elevate Thompson. They what, They won nine straight and like twelve out of thirteen or something. Then they start to fall apart again. Harper's out, Segura's out. Even when they come back, they're both not the same. The falling, apart, falling apart. The Cub series. Falling apart. The Cubs series. Um, <sighs> then you know the Marlins do them a huge favor and sweep out the uh, the Brewers. Then you get the Brewers and Diamondbacks game the same night as the Phillies. They somehow sneak into the playoffs. Then you're like, ah, well, the, they're playing against the cards. Down two nothing in the game because of the pinch hit homer by one Yepes. Then all of a sudden they come back. Then the next day they went two nothing. Then they're in the DS and you're like, ah, they're playing the Braves. Suarez looks weird, but they're scoring a bunch of runs. They win game one, drop game two, come back here. Hoskins hit the big home run. Then the next day everybody homered, and you're like, holy crap, they're in the NLCS. <laughs> exactly. Schwarber and Harper hit the big home runs game one. They almost blow it. And then they come here and, you know, <laughs> we were at the one game where they just, that was amazing. And then they, the next night, the they're 4-0. Yeah, then the next, <laughs> next night, they're down 4-0 in the first day. It's just nothing but a roller coaster. It was like peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And yeah. even though they made it to the World Series and they almost won it, it does feel a little um, sour because they left so much meat on the bone, in particular in games, um, for uh, game five and game six we can kind of dive into it. So we talked a little bit about the first couple games. Game five, yeah. I thought was the, well, the game four was the turning point of the series. After you set the record for home runs in a game in the first couple of innings, the next day you get no hit. At and home. then the day after that, you bail out Verlander numerous times, basically hand Houston, the game Hoskins strikes out of the bases loaded. Then he boots a ball at first Romuto hits a ball almost out of the ballpark. Would have been gone in four parks, but uh, Cormac <sighs> makes an incredible catch. And then, you know, they dropped that game down 3-2. Then you're up one nothing in game six. And, you know, the Wheeler decision was biggest decision of the season for Thompson. And yeah. uh, even in the moment, I kind of disagree with it. It's easy to look back and say it was the wrong move. The, the thing that really bothered me is that they went from a guy who was pumping high velo, and they just replaced him with a guy that did the, did the exact same thing. And Alvarez, that was the fourth time he was going to see Alvarado in the series. I would have rather gone to a guy like a Brad hand or a Brogdon or a Ranger Suarez or stick with Wheeler there. Worst case scenario, you stick with Wheeler. He's at 70 pitches. He maybe gives up one run and gets out of the inning. You're tied. And it's a lot different being tied one, one with nine outs left versus, um, you know, or whatever it was, six, six outs, nine outs, whatever it was versus being out three, one and feeling like the, you know, the universe is caving in on you.
1: For sure. I mean, I didn't get to see it because I was at work. But going back to the highlights, watching it, didn't know when the home run was coming. And once it happened, I was like, "Of course, no way!" Yep. And out, that's and the
0: farthest farthest ball I think that's ever been hit in that ballpark.
1: Dead center on top of
0: that, deep to dead center. Yeah, over the batters. I, I think Altuve said it was the first time he's ever seen a ball go up there. It, dude, it was like almost
1: Pujols esque. Yeah. Off Brad Ledge. It was the moment he hit it, it was a surefire gone. And they kind of shut him down all series too. Like he was a big yeah, threat. No. Don't get me lie, but he didn't do much of anything up until that point.
0: Yeah, he had a doubling game too. And aside from that, I don't think he had any extra base hits.
1: And I you you I'll give you credit, you did text me in the moment, you didn't understand why. He was taken out of the game. Wheeler was taken out of the game with 70 pitches. Yeah. This is like your ace, one of your aces anyway. You got to trust him by pulling him and putting Alvarado in another crunch situation. And Granted, this is the playoffs and this is a reliever. It's kind of what you do, but you've seen it already and with Dominguez in a different game. You put these guys in a tight bind like that, to ask a lot to get an outer two outs or three outs. You're asking a lot for them, and they've been your workhorses. And if I'm not mistaken, Alvarez hits better with lefties. So bringing in yeah. the lefty Alvarado was
0: just a mistake. Yeah, he actually had better power numbers against lefties. You put a guy like that in enough situations, he's going to come through eventually. And yeah. Alvarado had been kind of leaking velocity the last few games. In game four, I think it was, he came in and he gave up the big hit to Bregman, gave up a couple more runs. I think he gave up like four runs total. One of them was inherited. And then, you know, the next night he looked okay, but he was, p- he was pitching a lot of, a lot in the world. Series. So in the uh, play- I think he made like 11 appearances or something in the in the playoffs. Their workhorse, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I think he was tied for number one in appearances. And in that situation, you don't need it all or nothing. You can take a little bit of a stop the bleeding. And even if you go to a Dominguez there, Knowing you have Bregman on deck, I wouldn't have you know questioned it. But going to Alvarado there, I didn't think was the right move. I would have stuck with Wheeler. Or I would have gone with somebody who doesn't throw as hard as that. Maybe go with a hand who can maybe finagle through it. Or I, honestly, Suarez was probably the guy, if you're going to go to anybody there. Because he can get righties and lefties out. And he got Alvarez out in the series already. Yeah, but
1: I think I would have went with Brogdon. Because Brogdon looked pretty good. The unsung hero, I think you said, for this team, for this pitching, excuse me, in the relief pitching. Because yeah, if you put Suarez most, uh, out there uh, Yeah. No, I was gonna say if you put Suarez out there, it would have been the greatest decision, sure, in hindsight. But like I just said, he hits better off of lefty pitchers, more power anyway. And plus, if you were to win game six, I would have put out Ranger Suarez to start game seven. Yeah. And then have Nola to come in to relief. So you would have seen ranger back-to-back games. He would have at least found out timing-wise.
0: I would have probably started Nola anyway. I know a lot of people weren't in on the whole idea of Nola starting Game 7, but Suarez at least is used to being in the bullpen occasionally. Mm Nola hasn't. I don't think Nola's ever pitched out of the bullpen, so I'd rather he just start, go through his routine, start the game, even if he gets just seven outs, go with him, and then work it from there.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, it's just... I just felt gutted. the The no hit game was just like, oh yeah, that, shit! That, Here we go. That
0: was the biggest turning point because they had all the momentum after Game Three. I you know I listened to uh, sports radio all day long and it was just all positive, all momentum. After Game Four, you're like, all right, it's two two, but it feels like they're up, you know, five games to two. Yeah, right. And then like,
1: oh, we're only two games away, and then we just lose three straight and we're done,
0: just like yeah, that. And- And the Astros pitching staff is too good. I I heard a stat today that I had to double check because I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Over the entire course of the 2022 season, the Astros only got eight and two-thirds innings pitched by guys who finished the season with an ERA higher than four. Jesus Christ. If you look at the entire, and I looked it up on baseball reference, every single pitcher on the Astros except two had ERAs of lower than four. One guy went six in the third innings. The other guy went uh, one and I think, two and a third innings. And that was it. Every pitcher had a sub four yard. Christian Javier was fantastic. Um, you know, Brian Abreu was really good. Ryan Stanick didn't make too many appearances, but he was very good. Ryan Presley was really good. Rafael Montero, Montero, Hector Neris, all those guys, they all got outs. And they added Will Smith to the playoff roster at the very last minute. He never even touched the field.
1: Presley was sensational. That's what you needed from yeah. a closer. I mean, except for the what, what was it Romuto home run. Other than that, I mean, he was pretty much dead perfect.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just a weird thing. Uh, what are, What are your thoughts uh, about the team going forward? Do you Do you want to see a lot of change? Do you want to generally stay the same, and then maybe add a couple pieces, or what
1: do you uh, think? just a, probably a few more pieces, primarily. I guess a bench because you, I mean, you put Garrett subs there just because you never know what a catcher injury you needed back catcher, but he was basically never used. Derek Hall was yeah. in the lineup. I mean the roster, but was never used. I mean, if you see Hoskins struggling, I mean, might as well pull him out four K's here and there, three K's here and there. Got to pull him. Um, I think just more defense. And obviously, you know, Hernandez, the Mets basically, you know, poo-pooed the Phillies defense. And it came back to bite them a couple times throughout the series and in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, game two when Sosa had a pretty bad play through it at Hoskins' feet. Uh, It was a game five. Hoskins boots the ball over at first. Uh, Marsh made two errors that were pretty killer. I think Marsh made an error at the beginning of game four,
1: was it? Was it one that he misread the the ball, so he went back and then he had to race yeah. forward?
0: Well, there were yeah, there was one of those, and there were I think there was two instances where he bobbled the ball in center and allowed somebody to get three bases. I think it was game four that uh, Altuve hit the triple to start the game. No, it was game five because Schwarber tied it right after, but Altuve hit a double and the ball kind of bounced off of Marsh in center and that caused Altuve to get the third. So,
1: Casiano's 50 fifty. She Schwarber was pretty good. Bobbling yeah.
0: some yeah, uh, Schwarber, throws. Yeah, Schwarber, Schwarber, Schwarber kicked a couple around and left. Boehm didn't make any mistakes aside from the one bad feed um, to Stott in the San Diego series that didn't wind up hurting them. Uh, obviously, Ramuto was rock solid. Segura was very good on defense. But, um, you know, the Hoskins nonsense was killing them, and then uh, Marsh and Schwarber kicking the ball around didn't help either.
1: Yeah, I would short off the defense in the position anyway for sure. Yeah. Position of defense a bench, and some pitching. If you can, yeah, get, so, if you can afford it.
0: So how about Philly's you? have a hand. I I think I would just make a couple small changes. They're going to have to rebuild the rotation to an extent because I think they have three starters coming back, uh, with mm-hmm. Eflin, Syndergaard, um, and uh, Gibson leaving. Plus, they have to figure out what they're going to do with Bailey Falter if they're going to keep uh, Griff McGarry or um, Andrew Painter coming out of spring, Um, what's Mick Abel's status? What are they going to do pitching wise? Chris Sanchez, who's going to be in the rotation next year. So they have, um, and they're going to have to figure out a bullpen because they're losing. They they could in theory lose Knievel, Robertson, um, obviously Syndergaard, Chris Davinsky and Brad Hand and Zach Eflin. Backup catcher should be solidified. I think most of the infield is there unless they want to move on from Reese. And then the outfield, are they going to bring in the um, the kid from Japan that wants to come over? Um, was it Masataka Yoshida? I believe he only plays corner outfield, but he can hit. So who knows? Um, so they're going to lose most likely Gene Segura, Johan Camargo. I think they're both gone. Uh, Zach Heflin 50-50. Center guard, 50-50. Gibson's probably gone. Knievel's probably gone. Robertson, maybe, will come back. Mm-hmm. And then Davinsky in hand, I can see going. Um Herrera, Familia, and Gregorius, their money comes off the books. So the Phillies have around $75 million coming off the books this offseason. Now, Aaron Nola's club option moves him up from $15 million to $16 million. So that's a $1 million raise. Um, if they want to keep Reese Hoskins, he is uh, arbitration eligible. He made $7.7 uh, 7 million this year. It's, it's likely he'll be closer to the 11-12 range. And then Jose Alvarado is uh, arbitration eligible. I think they'll end up settling with both. Um, he's at 1.9 this year. He'll probably maybe double it, 3.8, 3.5, around $4 million next year. So that's about another $6 same. million dollars coming off. So they're at about $68, $69 million dollars in, um, in like spendable money. Ooh. Now, if they sign somebody who... Um, who received a qualifying offer from their previous team the penalty yeah. is a little bit uh, a little bit steeper because of the fact they're in the luxury tax instead of losing just their second pick in the draft and then um, I think it's 500,000 they lose their second pick their fifth pick and a million dollars Jesus a uh, penalty so if they wind up signing uh, Carlos Rodon or Trey Turner or um, or Carlos Correa. Correa they're gonna lose their second-round pick the fifth-round pick and a million uh, dollars and then uh, it, it would repeat itself oh, and yeah. then, then you would lose your third your sixth and another million if you sign a second guy so uh right now not too many guys have received uh, the qualifying offer um the only ones i know of are anthony rizzo um trey turner and um uh wilson Contreras. i would imagine and uh, aaron judge i would imagine most guys are going to get the qualifying Most like big names are going to get the qualifying offer unless it mm-hmm. wasn't unless it was one of those things that was built out of um Correa's contract was very complex. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in there that prohibits him from being given the qualifying offer. So we'll see what happens. But, um, the Phillies have around $70 million to spend and they can probably, you know, finagle, shift some money around and get rid of guys. um, If they need to, Dabrowski Mm -hmm. was, uh, was not shy and uh, kind of tipping his hand. He wants to spend more money this Mm offseason. uh, Gene Segura and Zach Kaplan are probably the two biggest names on the list. Uh, they both want to come back. We'll see what happens with um, with Segura. We'll see what happens with Eflin. And uh, Trey uh, Turner has been linked to the Phillies pretty much since the All-Star break. Since so, NOM. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna, we'll play a game of uh, stay or go. We'll right. kind of give our thoughts on a handful of guys. So what I did is I listed all the free agents, and then I listed like a handful of roster players who maybe you can see switching teams, but... I left off like the Romuto's, the Bomes, the Harpers, the Nolas, and the Wheelers of the, of the world. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with the uh, probably the most popular player on the list, Gene Segura. What do you think? Uh, what would you do and what do you think they do? I'd let him go. I
1: mean, that's a lot of money for an aging second baseman who really yeah. didn't give you anything in the bat. His defense was great and he's a fan favorite and all. But when you got someone like Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Correa, or anybody else, or even in your farm, less money might as well. And you can kind of shift. If I don't know if Stock can play the second, but shift Stock over there. Get yourself a quality shortstop. Yeah. Or, you know, you still have to play. But people can play multiple positions, like a Trey Turner. But uh, for Segura, as sad, sad as it is, I'll let him go.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're gonna let him go. I would like to keep him, but yeah. I don't I don't see a world where they go after a marquee player and also keep him. They just yeah, declined a the seven bench. yeah, he was due seventeen million this upcoming season. Obviously he wasn't gonna get that on the open market. I could see him getting, you know, maybe two years, $30 thirty million, fifteen a year possibly, maybe a little bit less. But if he's willing to take like a true pay cut and stay, I would one hundred percent do it, but I don't yeah. see it happening. Um, Johan Camargo, what do you think? Gone. I would either keep him or find somebody like him. He was a good player for them when he played here. Um, probably gone, though. Um, Zach Eflin. Keep, keep, keep. He's a weird keep. one. I like to keep him. He's a weird one because I think he wants to be a starting pitcher. He and can he, be. The, the, the problem with him is, is health. He's, he's got the stuff. He could get through a lineup a couple times, but if he committed to it, I bet he'd be a really good relief pitcher because he was phenomenal in the World Series and in the NLDS. a couple games. He was, he was fantastic. I, after um, the first game of the NLDS against the Braves, mm-hmm. he didn't give up a run in eight and two-thirds innings. So I, I want to keep him also. I'm, I'm biased because he's one of my favorite players, but I, right. I would like to keep him, but I wouldn't be shocked if like a team like the Twins gave him a bunch of money to be a number three starter. Um, Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, right. If he if he
1: really wants to be a starter, yeah, and he, someone's he'll, willing he'll to pay go him, elsewhere. go. Yeah, he'll
0: but go sign with the
1: Rays or something. Uh, as long as was it's not Syngard. in the NL East. Sinigard, <laughs> uh, yeah. I would keep him because you just got him. Let's give him a full off season with the pitching coach, with the team, get him to gel in. Maybe a pay cut. I don't know how much he's due or was due, but he can be your Billy Falter, Bailey Falter. Excuse me it's not to be the guy it can be in the, it can be in the bullpen. It can be the fourth, fifth starter alternate. I'd keep him though.
0: I would keep him too. Um, probably not going to cost you a whole lot. And the velocity tends to come back in year two after Tommy John. So I'd like to see what happens with him. Uh, Kyle Gibson. Good as gone. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for them. Thanks for your contributor uh, contributions. Uh, go and I wonder where he goes. Uh, Gibson I bet he probably signs with, retired. I bet he signs with like the A's. Um, Corey Knebel
1: Gone. Get out of here. I saw what I saw with the Mets. <laughs> That's all I need to know. Gone.
0: Bye. I would actually, if the price is right, I would keep him. But I think he's gone. To blow games again? No. Gone. Uh, he, he, he was pretty good once they took him out of the closer role. Uh, David <laughs> like, Robertson.
1: That That's is
0: David Robertson looks like me pitching out there in the World Series.
1: <laughs> Just can't find location to save his life. Yeah, he kind of get his curveball over. He gave me more gray hairs than I ever needed watching him pitch. It was like a guarantee he's either going to hit someone or walk someone. Hmm. Guaranteed. Gone.
0: Uh, If the price is right, I'd keep him, but he's probably gone. Um, Chris Davansky, don't know why he's on here. He's gone. Um, I have no idea who that is, so gone. He was an all-star a couple years ago, actually. Uh, He actually was a former Uh, Brad Hand. (sighs) He was Um, good. Yeah. On one hand, he was very good. On the other hand, the last few years he has given up a lot of contact. And on the on the third hand, you can find a Brad Hand every year in free agency. I'd keep him. I would if too if the price is right on this one. Yeah, if it's anything less Can't get less my entire, than like, entire pitching staff. If it's like seven million or less, I'd keep him. He yeah. was fine. Yeah, I have no problem with him. Um, and then I put a bunch of guys on here.
1: What's up? That oh, are not you know
0: the prominent Phillies. So Garrett Stubbs, number one. Definitely. Yeah, unless you feel I mean, like you can up, up like upgrade the catcher position, there's no sense in dumping him. Who, by the way, didn't tip when he flew out? Uh, well, he doesn't. He doesn't play enough. He doesn't make enough money. Uh, this was no, an interesting one. JT. Oh, JT. I will let him go. That's a personal decision. <laughs> um, uh, next one. This is a complicated one, and we can probably th- take it to the second level if we need to. How about Derek Hall?
1: I would keep him. But if he has no use for you on the bench, send
0: him down. Well, here's my thing. You could probably dangle him as trade bait if you need to, if you're looking for maybe a pitcher. If if Reese is still here and Boehm is still here and you still have Castellanos and Schwarber and and Harper, and even if you bring in a guy like a Rizzo to replace Hoskins, Hall still has no use. Guy's going to (laughs) get two at-bats a week off the bench, and he's not a pinch hitter. I, and he's already 26. I would see if I can trade him and maybe get something from a team like you know, a younger team. Maybe like a, not, the Marlins wouldn't do it because they're in division, but a team like the Marlins that is younger and looking to contend. Maybe the Giants give you something for him. He can platoon with J.D. Davis or something as a D.H. over there. Maybe Twins? the Rockies. Twins would be an interesting one. They're losing Correa. You know, the Red Sox are kind of in a weird like in-between rebuild type of thing. So maybe maybe the I, I would see if I would see if anybody would give you anything for him. Yeah. He's young, controllable power, so maybe the uh maybe the Rays make sense, but or even uh, Cleveland. I I would see what I can get for him if if I have no if I have no role for him. Otherwise, yeah. you got to commit to a full um platoon over at first base and sign like a Brandon Drury or something and go all yeah, against uh, Hall against righties and then uh Drury against lefties. Although I really yeah, like he him, and he, he was a really good fill-in when Harper was out. And there's a chance Harper might be out a while anyway. So uh, just to, not to get sidetracked, but Harper might need Tommy John. Uh, Dombrowski oh, said he goodness. could either need nothing, which is unlikely, or Tommy John. For for reference, two years ago, Shoei Otani got Tommy John on October 1st. He came back in May. It's, no, it's the middle of November. So Harper would be out until June with the same timetable.
1: Oh, man, this team is just like. We're going to spend it and we're not even going to have our best player.
0: Yeah. So there's a chance you'll have to use Hall as an everyday guy, or at least on the roster as like a platoon type of deal until you get Harper back. So, and especially if you want to put Real Muto at first more often, get him off his feet and kind of, or get him off his knees a little bit and, you know, prolong his career, then Hall kind of clogs up the first base um, side of the diamond and also the D8 spot. So it's a weird one. Hmm. Well, let's let's think about this now. If JT really wants to
1: move away from the catcher, he's one of the best catchers out there, especially throwing the like, yeah. Yadier Molina. But if you want to give him the Buster Posey deal or the other guy from the Twins back, Joe Joe Mauer.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, maybe not permanently, but like instead more of catching often, 100, yeah, instead of doing 145 games a year, he does 125 behind the plate. Another 10 as a DH, another 15 at first base, and then he gets about 10, 15 games off. I think that's the, the – it would be a Posey situation because Posey caught a bunch and then also moved over to first base a handful. All
1: right, with that, then we have to go back now and revisit Garrett Stubbs. You might have to upgrade him because I don't yeah. see him as your, your primary catcher when Romuto is either sitting – for a couple of days, or at first, you're gonna need some quality at bats. He can catch, obviously, yeah. But but as a runner on the opposition, I'm more afraid of running with Mutu behind there than Stubbs. Yeah. I'll take my do, chances
0: with Stubbs. They do think pretty highly of um of uh, what's his name, Rafael Marchand, the young catcher in the, the minors. He made a cameo mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Problem with mm-hmm. him, he doesn't. He's probably never gonna hit. And now this yeah. also, you know, magnifies trading Logan Ojapi away for um, Brandon Marsh. So, uh, which I don't think was a misstep. I think Marsh fills a more immediate need, and you yeah. could probably find another cat if you really needed to. You could sign like a, you know, a random catcher off the scrap heap and use them. Um, you, you can probably go get like a, a Robinson Chirinos or something like that if you really wanted to carry three. But I think this is a, um, a situation where. I just I just don't think it's, it makes sense for Real Muto to, to catch 150 games again next year. Especially yeah, since he's going to wear out his body. Uh, Stubbs was the only Philly on any of the playoff rosters that didn't touch the field. Like even Dalton Guthrie played a little bit. Nick Nelson got into games. Uh, Stubbs never Hall touched the field, which means... Yeah, which means Romuto caught every single inning.
1: Yeah. And he got dinged a couple times, we saw. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, got to revisit Stubbs with that one. Maybe even get, like, Maldonado was probably one of the worst offensive catchers. Yeah. But he was good and obviously cheated his way through. But yeah. I mean, if you want to move him diff- to story. the first
0: full-time, you can sign Christian Vasquez, but I don't think that makes <sighs> sense. Uh, next up on the list, Nick Nelson.
1: Or Nick Nelson.
0: Neck Nelson.
1: I want to be real. I have no idea who this is. I've heard of the he, name.
0: Kind of a uh, an unsung player because he was kind of in the Brogdon role where he pitched while the team was Make losing Nelson. a bunch. Nelson would come in and pitch like multiple innings out of the bullpen. I would keep him. I think he serves a pretty good purpose.
1: Yeah, I would keep him. I mean, yeah, you can't get the entire lineup. I know it's fresh still. Yeah. But
0: if, if yeah. the price
1: is right, you might It's well going to be hard to have him. an
0: Astro an Astro bullpen where everybody's great. Uh, Edmundo Sosa. So.
1: Gone.
0: Get out of here. Don't like him. No me gusta. I would keep him. What? Um, yeah, he, he, he's pretty good. No, especially especially if you're going to stick to the platoon with him, you could also slide him at, at third from time to time. Move Boehm over to first, or um, have Boehm DH for you, and he could play third or he can play short. He could play everywhere. So, no, All right, no. Uh <laughs> Nick uh, Nick Mayton. Yeah, why not? I like, I like him. him. I like. I uh, like him. The reason I have him on here and, and the next guy, Matt Veerling is because I wonder if they use him as trade bait. Uh, what about Vierling?
1: i keep Vierling. Especially if you're going to keep March now. You can switch him out, swap him out. Yeah.
0: I think Veerling was the only guy in the opening day lineup that didn't have a hit. Um <sighs> Jesus, uh, that's brutal. Connor Brogdon.
1: See, this is a weird one. I didn't mind him. And then we went to the city field. I hated him. And then all of a sudden, I hated him up until the playoffs, and then he was an unsung hero. And then he was great. And he was just sensational.
0: Yeah. I think he's going to have a bigger role next year, so I would probably keep him.
1: Yeah. Confidence-wise as well. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Bilotti. Iffy. I'd like I use him. him as bait, but him, Package, would haul and another player? Yeah, why not? Bucket. I like, I like Bilotti. I don't know why two. you have this name. I have no <laughs> idea why you have this name on. <laughs> The next
0: two two are current players on the roster. uh, Nick Castellanos.
1: Nick Castellanos is still unpacking. You're going to already take him out.
0: What the the hell? The reason I have him on here is because I think there is a world where they unload his contract and absorb a different player's contract. Like if they send him to Washington and they take Steven Strasburg back, or if they send him to Boston and take Chris Sale or if a team that strikes out in free agency, like let's say the Rockies really want to go out and make a splash, they can't get anybody, and they're like, you know what? This guy is kind of a free agent. He, we can buy low on him, bring him in. He's, he's making $20 million a year, but there's reason to believe he'll improve. I'm not advocating for that. I'd rather keep him. I think he's going to have a good year next year. One bad year doesn't define him, but I yeah. think there is a world where he gets moved. If he does get moved, are we paying that? It's a great question. That's a very good question. I'm definitely not paying that. I would hope not. Um, And then the next one. Well, I'm keeping Cassianos. I I am too. I Um, love Cassianos. And I think they'll keep him. Um, Reese Hoskins. You said what I think,
1: right? And then what what will happen. So what I think, what I want, gone. What will most likely happen, restructure, keep him. And if not, if you make a hard decision,
0: keep him and then trade him for some piece. The reason I have him on here, there's a lot of um, question marks with first base. You know, there's a, there's a world where Bryce Harper ends up playing first base in his thirties. Schwarber has played a little bit there. Castellanos has played some third base. Maybe he'll play over there. Maybe you move Boehm over there. Uh, Maybe you move Boehm there, keep Segura, put him at third and, and higher and sign one of the shortstops. Or, you know, maybe you want to go with Hall. Hoskins has one year remaining on his deal. He's arbitration eligible. He's gonna get a four four to five million dollar raise this offseason And he's gonna be gone next year for nothing anyway, unless they resign him, which is unlikely so Do you cut bait now see what you can get for him see if you can train him for pitching or Train him for prospects and sign like a Rizzo or something or a Josh Bell or a Drury Or do you want to you know? That's the big question. I, I think it's, I, I, my guess is he'll probably be the starting first baseman next year. But if it were likely. up to me, I would explore every option I can to see if I can get something for him.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to do due diligence, be malpracticed, especially if Dombrowski said he's willing to spend some more money. And look what he did by yeah. spending money last season and got us to the World Series.
0: Yeah, when Bryce Harper was a free agent in 2019, like end of 18, end uh, of 19, uh, LeBron limps off the court. Uh gross. Um <laughs> Wow, well, the Lakers are two and nine. Uh yikes. Mike Frances. I'm surprised he's still awake. Um when when Harper was a free 20. agent, he jokingly said he would play first base to sign with the Yankees. And I think there is a world, and he was a catcher when he first came up. He was. I think there's a world where he is a first baseman in his thirties and moves away from the outfield and you know he's gonna have to DH anyway. So there's a chance you might see him make the transition over to first at some point as well. Yeah. I could see that. I I mean people keep saying Schwarber, but Schwarber's not a first baseman. No, he's more of a DH at this point. He he was a catcher when he came up, but he's definitely a corner outfielder at this point. Yeah, or a DH. I mean And Castellanos came up a third baseman, but he's not an infielder.
1: No way. Not with that reaction. Um yeah, Reese, I like Reese. But he's too streaky, too inconsistent, and that defense is was on full display. So when he's cold, he is ice cold, and when he's hot, he's red hot. Yeah. And uh and, and that we saw that in the shaking.
0: playoffs. He was ice cold against St. Louis. Then he got red hot against the uh Braves. The, the Braves and he died against the Braves, and he got red hot again against the uh the Padres and then he didn't hit a ball in the World Series. Sorry from the well, one home did. run and the one well, the home, home run, was, run game yeah it was 6 nothing at that point so <laughs> the home run derby uh, it was kind of an inconsequential homer speaking of the home run derby
1: you did say that the all star game will be sometime in phil in citizens sin- bank park i think it's 2026 i can't confirm because i do drive down up and down 95 going to work they are doing renovations to Citizens Bank Park. Yes,
0: um, they're, they're redoing um, every offseason, They have a plan to do something different. They're redoing mm-hmm. the uh, the giant screen this off season.
1: Yes, the scoreboard. They took off the the Phillies logo on top mm-hmm. of the screen, but they took it off completely. There's a crane yeah. right over it. So, yeah, Big my guess is over
0: there. there's uh, there's actual ads on the scoreboard and the actual word Phillies and then the actual word Citizens Bank Park. I yeah. bet you they triple the size of the scoreboard and make all the ads virtual on the side, and make it bigger. Uh, City Field is also getting rid of both their scoreboards and turning them into one enormous one. It's gonna be the largest scoreboard in any ballpark.
1: Okay, Jerry um,
0: Jones. Phillies are also gonna do a little bit more with the seats. Uh, I think they're gonna renovate most of the ballpark because they're trying to get it ready for that um, for the uh, the All Star game. The influx of donkeys coming in.
1: Why are the plastic? chair so hard i need to sit down <laughs> these nonsense these casual viewers uh, i can't wait though i've seen renovations
0: so good for sensitive by part so uh the new structure so the new holy crap um so you can fit 516 life-size philly fanatics simultaneously on the screen it will be 77 percent larger with an Yikes. increase so it, it was 97 by 60 by 76 initially it's going to be mm-hmm. 152 by 86 now. Oh, there's no question. You're seeing everything on that scoreboard. Yeah. They're going to be doing a bunch.
1: Uh, I don't mind it. As long as it doesn't take away from the fan experience and the seating around it. Yeah. I'm all for it. And a little re- renovation doesn't hurt, especially after we saw C- city field a gorgeous. Yeah, ballpark.
0: it is. Uh, whether you like it or not, they, um, they believe it or not, they actually opened the ballpark too soon. There was no signs indicating which um, which section was which when uh, the ballpark really? opened. They had uh, they had handwritten signs. Oh my god! All right. Well, I mean, hopefully
1: Cassiano stays. But if hey, they can get a package, not pay that contract, and we get a Rizzo or Harper moves full time to first base. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, like I said, I don't think it'll happen right away, but I think there is a, there's a chance that Harper moves to first uh, as his career starts to wind down, especially considering he's going into year five uh, of, of 13. 13? Yeah.
1: <sighs> Jesus. Dude, I want to wake up one day and just see my Twitter just explode and show Hale hunting to the Phillies. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, supposedly they're not interested in trading him but without- that. Anybody can be traded. If Wayne Gretzky can get traded, then uh, Shohi Otani can get traded.
1: I'll give you Castellanos, Hoskins, Hall, Eflin. Winners. Excuse me. Winners, excuse yeah. me. That's what I meant. I can give you supposedly, winners. Supposedly. Supposedly. Godforsaken uh, organization. It would do something yeah, for me.
0: Supposedly, during the uh, the trade deadline, the Yankees actually made an offer for him, and so did the Braves. Oh, dude, if the Braves got him, I would have been disgusted. Yeah. That would have been gross. Ugh.
1: You <laughs> would unhittable. Just chalk up a victory for the Braves on that one. Hundred percent. All right, uh, let's move on to the uh, our preseason NFL predictions. We're going to revisit them now that we're in Week Ten of the NFL. We're almost there. We're almost we're already
0: there. We're already halfway through.
1: Yeah, right. Um, let's see, dude. Ah, looks like I'm winning this one again. Win totals. Uh, we did win totals, over unders here. What are we looking at here?
0: So, what? Right. Jesus Christ. So you're four overs. Falcons, four and a half. Uh, the Colts, nine and a half. Jags, six and a half. Seahawks, five and a half. The Seahawks have already hit. Falcons are one away. Colts need to go um, win Basically. six of the final handful of games, and the Jags need to win uh, four. So I'm so more far confident than the like- Jags. Looks like you have two in the bag, one iffy, and then the Colts are – who knows?
1: Well, Jeff Saturday got hired, so I think things are turning yeah. around.
0: Yeah, but he's only coaching on Saturdays. Um, Your are <laughs> under the Cowboys at 9.5, Browns at 8.5, Jets 5.5, Broncos 9.5. Jets are going to – are already busted. Broncos are still in play. The Browns are still in play. The Cowboys are still in play, but unlikely. So it looks like we you're, – you're probably going to break even with those, maybe a little bit better. Yes, um, how about you? Well, my my over is not so great. I have the Pats over eight and a half, Panthers over six and a half, Bills over eleven and a half, and the Lions over six and a half. Patriots are still in play. They gotta go four and three in their final um seven. Panthers, I need a miracle. Uh, they also have <laughs> to go four and three in their next seven. The Bills need to go um six five. and six and five, I think. But the problem here is Josh Allen might miss some time, so that could hurt me. And then the Lions, I need five wins out of them, so unlikely there. Commanders, under 8.5, looks like it's in play. The Giants, under 7.5, is going to bust soon because they're, they're two wins away. Bears, yeah. under 5.5, is still close, and the Titans, under 9.5, is a, is going to be a sweat as well. So <laughs> it looks like we're both going to break even here. Looks like you're more competitive
1: than me. Mine's are like pretty much shot in, in a way.
0: Our award dude, predictions. If yeah, the Lions
1: played the Green Bay Packers every week, I think they they smash that over.
0: They would certainly have a chance. Um, so our award predictions? Yes. Uh, so uh, MVP, you have Josh Allen. <sighs> I have Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes is a current favorite at plus 175. Like Jalen Hurts is second at plus 250. Josh Allen's third at plus 350. And then Tua is a little bit of ways away. He's at a plus 1,100. So your you selection there? is in play. I don't agree with Tua being four, and I kind of don't agree with Mahomes being one. Yeah, um, especially because Hertz has uh, actually similar numbers to Mahomes. He doesn't have as great of, you know, talent and ability. But and Mahomes already mm-hmm. won it. Hertz is on the eight no team. I think it's it, Mahomes will probably win it, but I could see Hertz making a push for it at the end. I don't know.
1: I think give it to. I'm not saying give it to, but like as of right now. Guy who's undefeated should go for number one. I'm not saying yeah. he should win it, but yeah. odds on. If you're undefeated, you're undefeated for a reason. You're balling out, hundred uh, percent.
0: Defensive player of the year. You have Khalil Mack. I have Nick Bosa. Michael Parsons is the favorite at minus two fifty. Nick Back Bosa is at plus a thousand, and then Matthew Judon and Miles Garrett at plus twelve hundred. So looks I'm like it's a two, uh, like a two and a half horse race here. Yeah. Uh, comeback this player one. of the year. Don't know how we uh, both whiffed on Geno Smith. Yeah, yeah right. Jameis Winston. I have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Geno Smith is minus 140. Saquon Barkley, who looked like the favorite early on, is at plus 160. And then Christian McCaffrey is at plus 1100.
1: You're definitely still in play. I should have seen Barkley, even though, because my bold prediction had him at a 1,000-yard rusher. So yeah. I didn't put two and two together on that one. Error on me, but I thought Jameis was going to turn the, the corner yet. I thought there was he a chance left.
0: You- yeah, he went the other way. Um, offensive rookie of the legs. year. Yeah, we both went wide receiver with offensive rookie of the year. He picked Sky Moore from the Chiefs, Yikes. which made sense because he was replacing Tyree Kill, and I picked George Pickens, who was replacing Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be <laughs> Kenneth Walker from the uh, the Seahawks. He's minus 135. Damian Pierce, the running back of the uh, the Texans at plus 220. Chris Olave, plus 750. Chris Olave is the reason the Saints don't own their first-round pick this year. <laughs> A team that... um. <laughs> That thought it was, you know, conducive to winning to move up and grab a uh, w- a wide receiver in the top ten, um, <laughs> traded away a future first round pick to do so. Um, defensive uh, yes. rookie of the year, we're both w- uh, whiffing on this one, so you pick Nick Benito. I have Adrian uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Sauce Gardner is at minus one twenty from the Jets, oh, yeah. Tariq Woolen at plus two ten, and then Aiden Hutchinson is third at plus eleven hundred. Um, Coach of the year. You have Nick Dude. Sirianni. I have Brandon Staley. I I can't find odds, but uh, my guess is it'll probably be Sirianni, Dable, or um or Robert Sala. If Sala keeps <laughs> winning, you might as well give it to Sala. Yeah. Who would think um, the Jets are up there? If Seattle pushes to the playoffs, you could see a Pete Carroll cameo on this too. Yeah, but I like Dable. Dable's not. I, yeah. I like the Giants. I, D- Dable's well, a likable uh, guy. Yeah. It just goes to show they needed a strong personality in that room and a winner to help turn that team around because he, it, it's a very similar roster to what they had last year. And at, virtually
1: no wideouts. Virtually no wideouts. I can't think of a standout wideout on that team.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just traded Kadarius Toney. Um, Sterling yeah. Shepard is out. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now they're working with um, uh, Wandale Moore.
1: There are talks that OBJ might have a reunion, and I'm like, ah, I don't like yeah. that. I keep seeing the, uh, the Cowboys rumor for him. Uh, he's more of a cowboy guy. Showbo, Showman, Jerry Jones, Jerry World, all that stuff. Yeah, they're like Dude, openly flirting with each other. I'm looking at my Sky Moore and my Nick Bonito picks. It's me swinging heavy like a slider down and away from Cassiano's. That's how it looks like right there on my pitch. So. Any pitch to uh, Joey Gallo. <laughs> I can't believe well, I know I'm harping on it. No, I'll be quick, but watching that World Series with my dad, and I told my dad when Casano says that about him, like, he's going to pitch at anything. Anything. I told him, yeah. you can pitch, and I think he'll swing at it and guarantee every pitch that was uh, too high in the dirt or away, Casano swing at it. And my dad's like, is this, is this for real? I'm like, is this known? I'm like, yeah. it's a known thing everywhere.
0: Yeah. What sucks is he finally took a borderline pitch in game five and game six, and he got <laughs> rung up on a pitch that was off the plate. In game one, when he faced Hector Neris, he saw five pitches. Yeah. Naris did not throw a single strike and he struck him out.
1: <laughs>
0: Unreal. Unreal. Uh,
1: hopefully, living in that redacted home in New Jersey in his first year in a new city. Hopefully, two will be better. Sophomore. No sophomore
0: slump. Sophomore yeah. come up. I think he'll be fine. I, it, his hard yeah, hit yeah. rate dropped uh, considerably when he got hit on the wrist in that Mets game we attended. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, his power disappeared. And you know his ability to drive the ball disappeared. And I bet his confidence disappeared, too. He went on the uh, – I don't think he was on the IL for that, but he, he disappeared for a few days. And then about a he month or, a leador, or two later he, he – Yeah. Then he had an oblique injury, which I'm sure didn't help. He was just banged up. He played great defense in the playoffs, but I think going forward, what's crazy is that they made it as far as they did with getting almost nothing from him. And, you know, yeah. and if he if he bounces back this year, and he, he doesn't need to be the thirty five homer, one hundred RBI guy he was with the Reds, but if he gives you twenty five seventy, that's an enormous upgrade over what you had, and it's almost like adding a you know an all star caliber player through free agency. Yeah, and also Stott, I don't think he even hit a ball the entire World Series. He went yeah, over. Yeah, He works a good count. He just can't hit fastballs yet. It's it's a very weird approach that he has. He's a, yeah. he's an intriguing player, for sure. All right, we'll we'll pivot right back to football.
1: Uh, Thursday night football, just mere tw- less than twenty four hours away. Your We're Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, right. Your Atlanta Falcons on the road against your former team, the Carolina the Carolina Panthers. Are you jumping back on the Panthers' bandwagon? It looks you like Baker
0: Mayfield will start. You know the meme of um, the guy walking down the street and he's looking back at the other girl? While holding his girlfriend's hand? Yeah, that's me <laughs> looking at the uh, the Falcons while holding hands with the Panthers. And supposedly it's going to be like a monsoon down there too. And we get to watch um, PJ Walker slash Baker Mayfield slash Sam Darnold slash who knows, Jake DeLome against uh, Marcus Mariota. So. I, I'm intrigued. I love home. chaos. I love reference. chaos. Uh Al Michaels' prostate's gonna be crying if it's cold <laughs> down there. So and if it rains hard enough, maybe Herb Street's makeup will start to run. So I I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> this is gonna be chaotic and it's gonna be fun.
1: Uh, <laughs> is this even gonna Dude, be competitive?
0: Or is it gonna, gonna be competitive St- because of the weather? It's gonna be competitive because of uh somebody needs an over or an under. Dude, Herb Street is turning <laughs> into the new Stephen A. Smith. Every time I, I turn on the, every time I look on TV, he's talking. <laughs> I was watching, I get home yesterday, I, I put on the college football um, playoff ranking yeah, show. Yeah. He's on there. Then he's got to fly down to Charlotte to go do this game. He's going to fly back up. He's going to do game day in like Texas or something. Then he's going to fly the same day to whatever game he's got. And then he's going to get like two days to go home and be a dad. So good for him, but still.
1: A day and a half, honestly. He's going to need some yeah. sleep
0: when he gets home. <laughs> poor bastard. Yeah, Poor bastard. That's that's the life you live, Jesus Christ. That's Major. what happens when you're the best. Honestly, um, he's pretty good. It's very interesting. I've never seen a uh, an analyst work for two different networks and do both mm-hmm. college and pro ball. That, that's yeah, that's insane. Man. I think um I think Beth Mowin's last year was doing um some occasional ESPN basketball, and then um a, occasional um CBS football on Sundays. That's the only other person I could think of that was doing two networks. Damn.
1: Beth Owens. What a reference. Oh, that, that's another thing. We should be top five like commentaries. I know that's something that you really wanted to, to dive into. I can do a top 30. <laughs> you can do a 30. Coming, for 30. At,
0: coming in at 28, we have Spiro Ditas.
1: And somehow you'll have honorable mentions. I just feel I it. I like, just know it. I have it.
0: like 14. of like, so the backup color commentator. For the Mets radio network is um, is this former minor leaguer? He was a shortstop.
1: All right, how about this? I'll, I'll I'll give you this one. Top three. You don't have to say who the top three is, but yes or no in the top three, Gus Johnson. No. Uh, Kirk Curbstreet and, Kirk Kirk and, and, and all of no, sports. in general, in all sports. Kirk Herbstreit and Fowler Duo. uh top they're, three. They're a package deal. They're number one. And last one
0: are they, number one? Well, they're they're in the see. top three.
1: Last one, last one. Ah, oh, damn it. Lewis Riddick and he's the guy who does the Fox.
0: <laughs> mm, I, I like Lewis Riddick, but no.
1: I forget. There's, there's one name that you always, for reference, people, for context, you would always look at the commentary for the Eagles and like, oh, gross, we have so-and-so uh, for the always, Fox uh, coverage or, uh, yeah, or the CBS. Always,
0: um, it was always Adam Amin and Mark Slareth. Oh, Kenny Albert, I think that's what it was. Oh, Christ. Kenny damn. Albert. <laughs> Kenny Albert somehow the voice of the NHL all of a sudden. Oh gross, dude. He's
1: no yeah. way. Tony Romo, yeah. top three. Ugh.
0: He's starting to get on my nerves, but he's still great. All right. I don't know, all Jim. Right. Oh my God. I but don't can, know, Jim. He
1: can call something ahead of time though. I do all like um, I,
0: I do like the dynamic oh. with him and Nance. Nance is very good. Well, Nance just let him go, man. He just and sets think, him up perfectly. I think going from um, from Phil Simms to Tony Romo helped uh, prolong Nance's career, too. Yeah, right. Now, let me ask you Romo's this, likable. and we can move on. Yeah. Do you have Joe Buck in your top five? Because at some point, we're going to have to have a dialogue about Joe Buck in the world. I know he gets a lot of hate, but yeah. that man, yeah. when he speaks, it sounds like a big game. And that's a fact. You can't argue it. It's impossible. Now that to argue you mentioned
1: that, is this also referenced? Maybe you might have seen the same thing, TikTok. That was something that was missing in the World Series: the sound of a big game of Joe Buck.
0: You know what's crazy is I, I love Joe Davis, the guy who is now the number one uh, baseball mm-hmm. guy on on Fox. He's been doing Dodger games pretty much um, since the Vin Scully days, but he took over Vin Scully. Yeah, he do, he does a phenomenal job of making the, the moment sound important. But yeah, Buck forever. Just because we're we're used to it, you look back at yeah. almost any NFC Championship game from like the 2000s, and it's Joe Buck and um and Troy Aikman, and you look at almost any World Series game from the 2000s, and it's him and either Tim McCarver or um or John Smoltz. So you, you're anytime something happens, like he he called uh, McGuire's 62nd home run, he called some huge moments. Phillies won in the World Series. It's yeah. just he had a he had like a five-year down period where he didn't sound like enthused at all. His voice. Probably a result of the, the voice thing. But I mean, it, if every single fan base <laughs> thinks that a guy hates their team, then he's got to be the most unbiased commentator on the planet.
1: I also thought about his hair plugs, but that probably yeah. had
0: nothing to do with it. Well, that's that's what messed up his <laughs> vocal cords. Oh, man, Joe Buck. He's
1: a nice dude. Okay.
0: I met him a few times at the airport. He seems like a nice guy. You said he tipped you the one time. Yeah, 20 bucks. He does a he does a podcast. He's actually pretty, he, he's an interesting guy. He seems like a really nice guy.
1: And I thought when I when he spoke to me, he was going to have like a normal voice.
0: No, it's Joe Buck. No, it's, which, it just sounds like hear. Joe Buck. Yeah. yeah, it's Joe Buck. I was like, holy shit! Like, Thank you. I was like, oh shit, there's a big moment right now. Yeah, yeah he, he was on. <laughs> That's how it felt. <laughs> I felt like you're on prime time. He was exactly. on, uh, He did the Manning cast I think last year with Peyton and Eli, and um, he was on there just like you know, just talking, and it was like, that. he just sounds like Joe Buck. Yeah. Now, Aikman just sounds very, very low. And, oh Aikman's interesting. God. I like Aikman.
1: He's a I prick. Know. A lot of people hate him. I said him. it here. I said it here. He's a prick.
0: You know what's weird is I don't sense any cowboy bias from him or Romo. Not from Romo. No. See, from everybody Aikman, did,
1: eh.
0: it, Here's the thing that pisses me off, and I noticed this during the World Series. I, I go on Facebook, and all the boomers are complaining about Joe Davis and John Smaltz <laughs> being like big fans of like they're they're totally in on the Astros. I'm like, did you not hear them just like rave about Bryce Harper for three straight rounds and talk about how great of an acquisition Kyle Schwarber is and how great Rob Thompson is. Like it's selective hearing at this point. Like you, you only hear them. It's just, it pisses you off when they praise the other team. But when they talk about your team, it's almost like you're not listening for real. I mean, because I, I truly don't think there's like a whole lot of bias in national commentary you'll find the occasional thing. Like I think when the Sixers were first like rising into competence, when they were on TNT, the guys on the desk were very like biased toward them aside from um, Barkley. And I think that's an anti-tanking bias. But yeah. like in the, in the NFL, I don't sense that like everybody says Collinsworth hates the Eagles. I listen to him talking to He's always like, "Now oh, this guy or Jason Kelsey he makes these amazing blocks and Jalen hurts. I love watching him. Like you gotta be kidding me with this. Like if every fan base thinks that you're biased, then you're clearly not biased,
1: honestly. I, it, yeah, there I, is something I, to be said about that, though. It can't be easy For sure. to be a commentator. Not, nah, I told you, yeah, like my experience no in college. That is just like
0: I'm sure it's impossible. It's possible.
1: It's just the preparation, and you have to be on yeah. it. Yeah. But it's all about prep- preparation and confidence. That's all it is. Yeah, like
0: I, I, uh, I follow Michael K on uh, on Twitter, and occasionally he would. Um, post his like his notes and stuff on Twitter and mm-hmm. he's got a lineup card, he's got all these stats everywhere. This is the fifteenth time this pitching matchup has occurred. This this umpire tends to be a little bit more biased toward the outside corner for pitchers. Like it's so many there's so many notes. And the second one change happens in the lineup, this guy pulls a, a hamstring. Oh god, here comes this guy off the bench. I gotta gather all my notes about him. Or here comes this usually, relief pitcher. For those they
1: they have a, a couple intern stat guys. Yeah, there's are usually somebody sitting
0: there feeding them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they'll just hand them a card. Yeah. That's, I know like, someone uh, who does that.
0: You can listen. If you listen to WIP when um when the Phillies are on, you'll hear Fransky talking. You'll hear whoever, Michael Bourne. And then in the background, you'll hear 64 pitches for Nola. Uh, I did 44 hear that. strikes, 20 balls. Uh, this is his 11th quality start in his last 12. Like you'll hear somebody in the background announcing to people. Yeah, because it was one of the
1: World Series games. I was on my way home, and I heard yeah. that I'm like, "Oh, someone's audio is like bleeding." This yeah, is like, I bet
0: you. I bet you when Tucker hit the two home runs in game once, uh, the guy in the background, this is Tucker's 14th multi-home run game. I think seventh time, he's hit two off the same pitcher in one game. Yeah, it this was is only like the like fifth, lines. fifth time he's had three extra base hits in a game. Like, there's somebody sitting there feeding those. It's just Man. to hear them more on the radio because they don't really care as much. But I bet you Fox has a guy going, <laughs> "Hey." Hey Joe, uh, this is uh, he's four for ten on uh, field goals longer than fifty yards. Like they're getting they're getting fed plenty of these stats, I'm sure.
1: Well, hopefully they feed him the right side. You don't want to get John Cruck over there
0: and just get yelled at, <laughs> at the back. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dude. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite. I think it was Hoskins at a home run and Cruck screaming at somebody about not having a pen. Pen of all things.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, let's just wrap this one up. Uh, Thursday yeah. Night Football again. Who you got? Let's just... Oh, Oof. well, Atlanta's minus two and a half on the road over under 42 and a half.
0: Yeah, this that game was close them, like, last time. Yeah, two it might drop a little bit. I um, think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I think coming. it was two weeks ago. Um, it was a thriller, too.
1: Hmm. I think question. it went to overtime, didn't it? Did it? I, yeah, it went to overtime. I vaguely remember it. Because the Panthers thought that they won it and then here comes the Falcons tied and
0: win it. Oh, that was the game that's right when DJ Moore took his helmet off. Um Yes. Uh give me the Panthers. Uh, did the Woo. Panthers lose that game?
1: Yeah. Who, they who did. won that game.
0: Or right, give me the uh, Panthers. Falcons. I think they split split the season series. Give me the Falcons. Give me
1: the Falcons. Riding confidence here. And you got Cordell Patterson back who got a touchdown last week. Um any first touchdown props?
0: Let's go with
1: hmm. I already have one. It's easy to lock. I'm going to put money on this one. Hmm. Right, who do you like? What? Cordell Patterson plus 650 bucket. It. Is
0: right? hmm? this his first game back or is this his second game back?
1: Second, second game back. And he got one last week. Mm. First one too. First touchdown last week. So double down this week as well
0: see first touchdown let's go with um, for some reason I like Drake London give me Drake London that I, that did come up that did come or up even a Mariota rushing touchdown Ooh. Uh, you know what because I mean how many times you get it into the red zone and then you just punch it with your QB or he scrambles and makes it work that's true,
1: and it's going to be a monsoon down
0: there. Yeah, I'm tempted to say no. What's the what's the prop for no touchdowns? Yeah, it might because remember there was a the one game this year where there almost wasn't a touchdown, or there wasn't a touchdown, right? In the um, it was the Broncos game. Yes, yeah, so it was the Broncos. Was Broncos and um, Broncos and Niners, I think. No Broncos. Yeah,
1: I think it was Broncos and Niners until the end.
0: Oh, it was a disgusting game. What game was that? Uh, Let me find it real quick. Probably was. I'm dead.
1: Well, my only prop is Falcons and Cordell Patterson touchdown. is a plus 194 right now.
0: Oh, Maybe that was a Houston game. Was that the Houston game? No. Yeah, that was the Houston game. Houston Broncos? Yeah, field goal, field goal, field goal. Oh, no, there was one touchdown. It was the Broncos. That's right. And then the... Niners did score a touchdown. Um, Let me see if there is a way to bet no touchdown. Uh, No touchdown scored is plus 9,000. There is one player with longer odds than that, though. Steven Sullivan. They don't believe in him at all. (laughs) You like like the Falcons? Yeah,
1: I like like the Falcons for sure. I like them too. you like the Panthers? I like the Panthers here.
0: I don't know. It's a weird spot. And we both had the same record as as well for last week. Yeah, I was trying to find that. Uh, we were eight and four, eight and three, eight and five. Uh, let me pull that real quick. Seven and five, or something like that. Something like
1: that. We were. I had a slow. I had a slow beginning. It was multiple losses in a row, and then I rallied off five wins. I was in good shape. Yeah, I had a
0: I had a one game advantage going into the the, uh, the Monday night game. Here we go. We both went eight uh, and five. Eight and five, and I went three and one on the TTP. So I'm I'm inching closer. You are? I'm at 57% on the picks. You're at 60. And then for the TTP, you are at 45. I'm at 36, which is not good. I'm at 53 overall. You're at 57. Yes. You are currently Um, uh, nine picks ahead of me. uh, You're slowly but surely creeping behind
1: and overtaking me soon.
0: Surprise. That doesn't make any sense. You have nine more correct, but I only have four more incorrect. I think we, uh, our math is off here someplace. I'd be remiss. We'd be
1: remiss if we didn't mention that. I mean, we kind of did earlier. Frank Wright got booted in the past few days since last recording. Yes, yeah. And I was talking to my buddy at work. I think this was an inside job. I think I told you as well. I think this was an inside job from the start. You fire the offensive coordinator. You traded your your running back, who was probably a fan favorite. You You bench Matt Ryan. Yeah. You are not competitive at all. And then all of a sudden, you just fire your head coach. And instead of what you normally do is interim coaches, your assistant, offensive coordinator, whatever. No, you bring in in. a guy from ESPN or wherever he was working at, and you just out of nowhere – you hire him, and then you make the quarterback coach the offensive coordinator. Something's yeah, Jeff up.
0: Sat- Jeff Saturday was three and seven the last time he coached um, high school football, which was I think two years ago. Yikes. He's the first person to ever be hired as a head coach without uh, professional or collegiate head coaching experience. Exactly, there
1: is something going
0: on there. I am telling you, but uh, I think this is a way to get their fans involved for the rest of the season, get them interested. I guess and then have I mean, a formal coach it. after the season because you'll have you'll have probably like four or five collegiate candidates you can hire and then like probably five head coaches that get fired too. Yeah, right. I bet they're um, happy they dodged the uh the Josh McDaniel's bullet a couple of years ago. Dude, when they hired Reich and um right right after McDaniel's backed out. Yeah, McDaniel's
1: I mean, I think a win-win for both of them, honestly. How it turned out.
0: Yeah, McDaniel's wound up going back to the Pats, and then eventually getting a job with the uh, the Raiders. But
1: he's about to go back to the Pats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's just—he's one of those guys that should just be an an assistant coordinator, or that too. Yeah, or just stay with Bill Belichick. Yeah, I thought Um, for sure he was being groomed to be Belichick's replacement.
1: Yeah, honest. Well, I guess he didn't. I think Belichick was like, "You'll never have my job." You'll never have my job. Um, one last note, and we can probably wrap up this episode. This past weekend, bro, what is football? Who is the best? Who is a good team? Who is a bad team? It's on any given week.
0: I've been asking this I mean, for about a month.
1: I mean, let's I would just do a quick rundown. Green Bay at Detroit. I went against my better judgment, and the Lions just beat the Green Bay Packers. Rogers throws yeah, three Rod- picks. Three red zone picks. Um, the Chargers barely beat the Falcons in Atlanta. I knew that Weird was going to be close. The Buffalo Bills fall to the Jets. Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. On the road. And you possibly lose your quarterback for the remainder of the season. Possible yep. Tommy John surgery, but we don't know. Tommy um, Dermott did say today he is day-to-day. We will see if he will play on Sunday. Hmm. Yeah, Not got the, the greatest sign, the and the Vikings red hot seven and one. Yeah, they only one loss. It was on the road in Philadelphia where we were in attendance, and yes, mm-hmm. yes, I did pick the Vikings for the sake of the show. I did pick them, and I'm glad. But they've won every road game since, and the Kirk Cousins, you know, bling in the dance after the road game. Yeah. They've been undefeated, so. And they're coming He's into jump town. Jump to a
0: table on Sunday. How about the Dolphins <laughs> beating the Bears by three, barely outlasting them. Justin Fields starting to look like a good quarterback. Um, hey, give it full credit. 178, 178 rushing yards. Didn't you say that
1: this was a slam dunk? And it was it your loss. so you did get it. <laughs> but it wasn't a slam dunk. You they got a layup at the, the four last. And a
0: half. <laughs> yep. Then the uh, the worst team in football. Yeah, the uh, the Stephen football almost beats you. (laughs) The Vikings won the Kirk Cousins Bowl. Jags came back on the Raiders. Seahawks beat the Cards. The Bucks barely beat the Rams at the end. We got overtime in uh, Kansas City. The Titans covered the fourteen. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, you you hit that one right on the head. At what I tell you, uh, divisional games nine and a half or more take the under. Bills hit the under. (laughs) Bills lost. And then I was way off on the. uh, The Monday night game, and you nailed it. So,
1: Hey, man. That that game decided. (laughs) Either we're going to walk out of here 500 or you're going to go up by
0: one. My goal, I think, going forward is just going to pick the Saints every week because I'm usually wrong. And if the more they lose, the higher that Eagles pick gets.
1: I can't wait for Friday's episode if we can pick the next picks because I'm looking at the Excel sheet. And boy, oh, boy, there are some fun games next week. I or this it. week coming I mean,
0: up, Bills and Vikings is going to be fun, regardless of uh, Josh Allen's status. It's the Case Keenum revenge game, possibly. Uh, yeah, we got a good a couple good ones. Actually, we got, we got Washington
1: in Philadelphia on Monday night. Good googly moogly. We got Geno Smith versus Tom Brady in London. Chicago versus Detroit. Cardinals um, and Rams. One else. Oh, this one's staring we, me we in the also, face.
0: Um, Houston we at had the, New York. We had our first flexed game of the season. Um, two sun, oh. uh, not this Sunday, not the following one, but the following one after that. Uh, the the Chiefs and Chargers have been flexed into prime time, and the Bengals and Steelers have been flexed out of prime time.
1: Great choice. Fantastic
0: yes. choice. Yeah. Fantastic So that choice. means we're... <laughs> Friday's episode, we're going to go a little bit into, into what the uh, the Sixers have been doing recently. We'll yes. do a little bit of MLB roundup if anything happens. Free agency begins on Thursday the 10th, so it will have begun today. Um, I don't expect anything big to happen. The uh, the only thing that's happened so far is Edwin Diaz signing an extension and then a trade that we'll talk about in a few days. Um, we'll do our game picks. We'll do maybe a top five. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a sports sample. It's been a while since we did one. Um, we're, we we got to talk about the union loss and Ugh. yeah, we got to do that. And then, uh, we'll do our picks. Damn. So Friday should be a pretty fun episode.
1: Yeah. It's our Lucy goosey episodes as well here on the PA turn pod. Well, we'll uh, see you next week. or well, in a couple episodes. All right, guys. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time.
0: Talk to you.